Okay. Hello, Heather. Hello. Thanks. Thank you for joining us this week um, for the, the next um, episode of Leaders in Lockdown podcast. So do you want to introduce yourself so everyone knows who you are? Yeah, certainly. Um, my name is Heather Mills and I'm an independent HR consultant and my company is called Duck Soup HR. Duck Soup. I love that. Brilliant. So tell us a little bit about where the name came from because that's very intriguing. Oh, okay. Well, I, I was trying to think of a name for the company and I was sort of thinking along the lines of positive people management and stuff like that. And nothing was really sort of, I didn't really think I liked it. It just sounded a bit boring. And then I, I started to think about um, my, my business and my ethos and, and my ethos about um, people management is that you know if you talk to people if you communicate with them and you respect them actually most things are quite easy so I was um googling the term simple um and I found it I think it's American so I found a thesaurus and it said um piece of cake easy as pie duck soup and so duck, duck soup cakes I was born <laughs> brilliant and I guess you've just demystified HR actually <laughs> In, if you just talk to people and respect yeah. them it, the rest is kind of easy there might be a difficult conversation along the way but yeah brilliant okay so today we're talking about trust and I know that you're writing a chapter for a CIPD book on trust aren't you yeah um, so where where is the idea for kind of writing about trust come from right well, it was funny um I think we participated in this book um project and um there was just a list of um possible things you might want to think about and i i saw um trust and respect as a thing and i thought oh yeah i'm really interested in that i'm gonna do that um and yeah that's what it was and then i started thinking about it i haven't written it yet by the way um <laughs> mine either so don't my rabbit hole of research <laughs> yeah mine's on an a4 sheet of paper right now <laughs> yeah and um i started thinking why have i chosen trust it's such a i've dropped the respect bit because it's massive it's an enormous subject and i also thought but it's um it's not it's not boring but it's not new do you know what I mean it's been done many times you know there's lots of stuff out there doesn't everybody know this stuff um why have I chosen it and then I started doing the research and it's really interesting <laughs> <laughs> and I came across this report by Edelman yeah they have been doing the trust barometer for the last um, 20 years and it is fascinating so they've got you know 20 years data to draw on and they have sort of identified that so they they um survey 34,000 people in 28 different countries and they say their barometer for 2020 trust in the world is at its lowest in 20 really? years and um in sort of the uk um america and sort of france and you know other sort of parts of um the developed world um it's 
it's absolutely terrible. And actually, in terms of um, trust in institutions to do the right thing, so we're talking business, um, not-for-profit, government and media, in, in, in the UK, um, trust is the second lowest in the whole world. Wow. And, and I thought, well, actually, um, it doesn't surprise me because that's how, I, that's how I feel. I don't trust the media because there's been so much fake news. I, I'm really, really sceptical. I feel this sort of this unfairness between sort of, you know, this divide between the rich and the poor. Um, I am really losing heart with government. Um, you know, we're all watching chief executives and banks get big payments and bonuses while other people are losing their jobs. And there's just this, it is just, it is a really topical big issue at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So, oh gosh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And I guess it's a little bit like the leadership conundrum, actually. It's one of those things that is always an issue yeah. in companies, isn't it? And organisations like leadership communication is always up there on engagement surveys yeah. as yeah. being one of those things that companies can't ever really get to grips with or tackle or it, it is it's quite... Um, I don't know what the word would be but yeah I can't think yeah. of a good word but yeah. it is quite intangible I guess in some ways and yeah. trust is is kind of in that same category for me yeah. what um how are you seeing that play out with any of your clients in particular are you seeing anything particularly different or um I don't I think the the um nice thing for me is that I'm my clients are smaller businesses so they tend to be anything from sort of one member of staff up to about 30 and I find it so heartening because these business owners they they start at this size and I genuinely believe all the people that I work with want to do things right. They want to get it right and they want to treat people right and get the best out of their stuff and everything. And I think you get, must get to a certain size where you have to start um, delegating and putting in some systems and letting go of things. And that there must be a point where that just, it either has to change or it does change um, unless you focus on it. Yeah, so, well, I had a conversation this week, actually, with someone who works in a business owner-led organisation, um, and they've got a couple of hundred, like 250 people, and COVID-19 and the impact on the business is that the owner is now into everything, because having relinquished some of that control, I guess, um, and it's his baby, he's... Yeah kind of <laughs> I guess the trust in the world has gone as you've said yeah. so he's all over it now which is having a huge impact on yeah. those who are trying to to do work in that organization yeah. so is it positive impact no because he's no. into it all and so I, they feeling micromanaged yes I think yeah. interfering is perhaps a yeah. a good word that they would use yeah yeah, yeah. 
But the other, the sort of upside of this, which has happened in some bigger companies, it seems to be that the chief executive is is suddenly visible, like on a Zoom call. So you feel there's this thing about sort of social media that um, you feel like you know them. It's much more authentic. Like I'm seeing you in your own house and I can see a picture on the wall and I can see a plant. Yeah. And, you know, it's much more, it's much more human and authentic and sort of trusting and there's been these chief executives doing like regular briefings with yes that they can join in on and that's actually been increasing trust um, yeah it's funny because it, it's intimacy actually yeah. is it, like you're looking into people's homes yeah. on all these technological platforms that we're yeah. using that plant is hanging off my door by the way <laughs> um it's not just floating in the air um so you're right there is something yeah. quite vulnerable about that and seeing people well I chatted to someone who was quite senior in an organization and I could see a rather messy unmade bed in the background exactly (laughs) I know yeah and I I've just um, I don't know whether you caught any of the CIPD festival of work but they're all, they're all at home. I mean, me and Peter Cheese, I feel like we're best mates. <laughs> I mean, we spend a lot of time together. You know, having some nice time. Honestly, I, I really feel this sort of connection. And David D'Souza, I caught one of his, he was introducing something. And off camera, he was in the kitchen. His daughter dropped something. Then he tried to help her and knocked over his orange <laughs> juice. And it was so lovely. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Brilliant. There's a really forgiving um, air about all this being working from home and being online and that if children or pets come in, it's kind of, it's all okay, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, because when we started, my husband, he's he's got the office and it's like, it's literally where you come in the front door. So there's problems anyway with, you know, posts and people ringing the doorbell, but he's got the printer in there. And to start with, the kids are like, can I print? No, you can't. And now it's like, yeah, you know, we're at home. everybody's in the same boat. So now they're taking in cups of tea and biscuits and they're printing and stuff like that. Because it's fine. It's all fine. It's yeah. I've um, taken back my office actually today for this session. <laughs> and my son, my 15 year old son is usually in here working and the printer is right next to the desk and he hates the noise of it. The kind of ee, ee, ee of the printer cartridges because it's quite an old printer um so yesterday i wrote on a, a bit of paper online boom and then printed it off so it came out <laughs> next to him he didn't think it was funny but i did the interesting thing about this edelman trust barometer is so people people don't trust they don't trust the media, they don't trust the government, they don't trust um, charities, they, they don't trust business. However, they, the sort of people feel that businesses are competent. So they might be unethical, <laughs> but they're competent. So people are actually looking to businesses to sort it out, to sort of turn it around. So it just feels like it's a really good time at the moment. You know, like we could, we could do some stuff and I was watching you know the things on the CIPD festival of work and there's all this stuff about well-being and skilling staff and and I'm thinking oh HR's getting back to what I used to like because it went away from all that 
stuff, it all got a bit human resources and, you know, it seems to be getting a bit more, you know, people are talking about putting the human back in and yeah. I'm actually feeling quite hopeful. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I'm, well, I, I've had observations, I think everyone has, haven't they? It's a real trend and theme that actually before, even before COVID, but the whole world just becoming more technological and remote and fast paced. And there is this, um, yeah, as the world is just becoming much more um, remote, I guess, and technological and digital, there is a greater need for people just to have this human connection that I think over the last maybe 15, 20 years, organisations have been very task focused, actually. And then as the different generations enter the workplace, they want different things. Younger generation, they want to be, they want to have an experience. They want to be individually managed. So it's forcing organisations and managers actually to manage them in a different way and in a more human way, actually, because you've got to get to know people. Yeah. It's about not just being a number, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, so it just feels like, I don't know, so businesses are, you know, trust is like on the floor, but businesses are really well placed to do something about it. Yeah, so, so they're looking to organisations, the Edelman report saying we're looking to organisations to kind of, I guess, lead the charge on yeah. how we rebuild this yeah. culture of trust. So they're talking about, um, but they want businesses to be, become ethical. So they want them to do the right thing, sort of thing, not just put um, a picture of Black Lives Matter on uh, their website, but actually not do anything about it. They want them to actually sort of walk the talk and sort things out. They want them to partner with governments and charities and, you know, whatever it takes to sort things out. But they're also looking for leadership. People want leadership. And it seems like the big issues with the, the trust in the workplace is, um, I'm just looking at my notes here, but there's these, these incredibly big fears that um, people are scared of losing their job. And it was massive, something like 83% of people are worried about that, which is it's a big percentage. Yeah. And, um, they are, you know, they either think because um, you know the gig economy or automation or outsourcing um, that their jobs are at risk and they're just they're sort of a bit lost about their place in society they're a bit afraid so they you know they feel like I don't know whether it's loss of status or different you know jobs being done by different people um, so it seems to me that they're quite they're sort of things that you could sort of like sort out so you know train give people the skills so work out what skills people need and we're sort of are talking about it aren't we it is these human skills yes yeah they're like a, a human superpower yeah. aren't they that feels like that's what they're going to become yeah. how um how important do you think people managers and leaders will be in this whole trust culture yeah absolutely essential because i think if the leaders it's got to i always think it's got to start at the top uh, or the leaders have got to sort of believe it and allow because that's the other thing 
I think it's all very well, you know, the leaders saying to managers, yeah, uh, yeah, you've got to do this, you've got to trust your stuff and let them work flexibly and, you know, whatever. But if they don't give them the time to do it, if they've still got all these ridiculous targets and, you know, things like that. So they've got to somehow create the organisation and the systems so that people are allowed to, they've got time to talk to their staff and sort of find out what they want and then try and sort of give it to them. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's absolutely key. Yeah, important. I agree. I think, well, my personal view is I think probably 95% of an experience of an organisation is really shaped by the line manager, isn't it? Yeah. So I think they're incredibly important. I guess the difficult thing, and it'd be interesting to know if there's anything in the Edelman report mm. about it's one thing. So on paper, it potentially looks an easier thing to solve. <laughs> like go away and build a culture of trust. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> are they making any recommendations of how organisations can do that? Or No, um, well, just about, um, you know, doing the right thing and partnering and, and providing leadership. But I haven't read the full report, every every word, but as I'm not sure that they've been getting as specific as that. Yeah, it's more sort of broad. Um, yeah, because I have you come across the trust equation? Yes. I quite like that, actually, as a I've used it in various guises just because I think it's a really nice tangible framework because it talks about credibility, yeah. um, reliability, intimacy and focus. Yeah. Um, and they're much more tangible measures, aren't they, actually? So you can start to understand how well I might build an environment of trust, how well our team might build an environment of trust and you can scale it how the organisation. So it gives a bit of tangible focus I think that yeah. you know if nothing else just making people more aware of what trust is and just making it more tangible will yeah. be a great starting point I think that's it and giving people permission to do it and um, I was I was watching I can't remember her name <laughs> it's not going to help pausing I'm still not going to be able to remember <laughs> this um uh no I cannot remember her name but she was saying you know if you want like three quick wins um if you went into somewhere in crisis and you need three quick wins she she was saying demonstrate your competence in your job is first thing be don't be self-serving be kind to others so actually properly listen to yeah and do something about it and then demonstrate your integrity by this whole you know do what you say you're gonna do and be reliable and all yeah things. but there's lots of I mean god if you google it there's lots of six key things to get trust and you know ten things to be trusted yeah, there's loads and loads of things but yeah I think we going back to the book that's what I want to that's sort of like how I like to, you know, like saying about simple. I just like to tell people to do these things. <laughs> yeah. Here's a list of points. Do those. Yeah. And that'll, that'll be a good start. Yeah. So that's, well, like, that's my plan. Brilliant. Yeah. I like that because I, I think, and you alluded to the point earlier, actually, that what feels different now 
is that people really want to see that organizations and leaders are doing this yeah. as opposed to just it's a little bit like company values up on the wall yeah. isn't it but yeah. no one really they're not integrated into the organization in any real way yeah. and so I think people will be looking for lots of input and of how we make this real and what does it look like in organizations and how do we train it in from top to bottom actually yeah I think so and it's been such a the coronavirus sort of how businesses have handled it um it's been sort of like really interesting in terms of trust because um some people have come in and not trusted their staff and micromanaged and um, not trusted their managers either presumably and some have sort of trusted their staff to work from home and it's worked and productivity's gone up and you know the job's getting done and businesses are thinking um I'm trying to think I, I was on there's in Newbury there's the um HR forum with Gardner leader and um I was on that the other day and and somebody on that was saying one of their clients is giving their uh, lease on their um business premises they're giving them notice and they've made the decision they're gonna work from home because it works oh yeah. it's very interesting to see the organizations who are embracing this flexible working yeah um and saying actually we need to do more of it and others I've seen a, a few organisations and had a few conversations. They tend to be smaller organisations, interestingly, um, where the boss or the bosses want people back in. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Definite, definite lack of trust from management. <laughs> yeah. It's that, well, it's kind of management by yeah. visibility, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, and then companies that are, you know, making people take, you know, reduced hours and um, furloughing everyone and making redundancies and stuff like that, you know, it's definitely being scrutinised by the staff and the customers as to, is it, you know, was it fair, um, you know, what people are thinking about the employee as, you know, as employers, but and as businesses that people buy from. Um, yeah it's, I, well we've had conversations in our house about sports direct actually because at the beginning of lockdown they tried to stay open arguing they were uh, an essential service weren't they yeah and so just how that sits with us yeah um and I guess you know places like McDonald's all the fast food chains just yeah. shut their doors which I thought was um, it, it was interesting but also quite a statement as well that actually it's about protecting our employees so because they easily could have argued I think yeah. food yeah food retailing yeah, like supermarkets stayed open because they provide vital food. yeah and <laughs> um, British Airways I guess would be the other biggie yeah. to be criticized about what they're currently doing in the current climate absolutely and I think this is what people are saying that, um, you know, once things settle down, people will vote with their feet. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. <laughs> there will be, the <laughs> landscape will definitely be different. <laughs> it's almost like people are making more valued based decisions about 
where they spend money and what they're prepared to spend money on and because I guess we've all had a period of doing without and whether we really need things or yeah absolutely although there was quite a queue for the shops wasn't there on Monday this week (laughs) well I heard about when McDonald's started doing drive-throughs it was like so like a three-hour wait or something. I know. And I thought, so you go for breakfast and end up with lunch or something. And I thought, who's got the time to do that? Well, so we decided it was probably <laughs> mostly teenagers who would have the time and wouldn't mind sitting there for three hours. Um, but also, we even if we'd been desperate for one, we wouldn't wanted to have sat in the queue and then got caught on some TV camera or <laughs> in a newspaper. Like, look at the queue for yeah. McDonald's. Oh, look oh, at them. Hi, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I'm desperate. I couldn't wait any oh, longer for a wait. cheeseburger. <laughs> so any um, kind of top tips on where people should start with trust that you would give based on your research yeah well I think it's that sort of recognize I suppose where people are at people are not feeling very trusting but I thought those key things that people are really worried about their jobs they're worried about becoming obsolete because they'll be replaced in some way by automation or you know that they just haven't got the right skills and stuff like that so and so it's about making people feel secure in their employment and now and in the future so you know making sure you hit the basic things like the minimum wage and um train people properly you know yeah definitely skill look at the skills that are needed for the future and you know make i think make people feel that you're investing in their future and that there is a future and yeah and in reality that is a real challenge actually isn't it because I think some organizations don't necessarily they don't think that far ahead or they don't even know because technology is moving so quickly so it's harder for line managers I think to have those conversations about yes for the next 12 months this is what we need to focus on but actually to ensure that an organization you're still employable in three five years time I think they're the harder conversations to have yeah. because what will the world look like in three yeah. to five years time? I don't, I'm, it's like the people yeah. making a living and becoming YouTubers 10 years ago. That just wasn't a thing, was it? Thing. But now yeah. my nine-year-old talks about, would you mind if I became a YouTuber? <laughs> I get that as well. And then, and you sort of, do you find yourself thinking, well, you know, I don't want to rule it out. <laughs> well Louis asked me actually he said would you mind if I became a YouTuber and I said no I wouldn't and he said but what if I had just a few followers and so I gave a really kind of HRE response of well you you need to give that a go for a period of time but then if it wasn't working you'd need to think about maybe doing something else (laughs) it's exciting in some ways isn't it yeah yeah okay so creating certainty as much as possible for people around future and employability I think is yeah a a key key message anything else yeah I I think it's all this sort of you know yes stop um yeah don't be self-serving actually listen to the staff and what they want and um yeah and yeah do what you say you're gonna do 
yeah <laughs> recognizing I, it's this thing that we've talked about for a long time isn't it i think people are they are your competitive advantage yeah. and so you've got to treat them right Good. So, good luck with the chapter. Oh, thank you. And good luck with yours. Thank you. <laughs> I'll look forward to reading it and um, seeing how some of our conversation yeah, has played I, into. I it's helped. Yeah, it's helped. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. See you soon. Thanks, Heather. Thank you. Yeah, thank Bye. You. Bye.